we as a nation set aside to remember those men and women who gave their lives in service to our country. And this past week, I found an article from a few years back by a journalist from, like, Connecticut or New Hampshire. And he was writing about a tradition in his hometown that they've been doing for about 20 years. And on Memorial Day, in this town, they invite everyone to gather together and to hear the names read of every soldier who never returned home. Even if they had nothing to do with that town, even if there was no connection, they read aloud every single name. I think going back to World War I. And the journalist was writing about just the power in that. And hearing these names read and realizing that each of those persons left behind loved ones. Each of those persons was just like him. Someone who had been given life. But he also wrote about how he realized one year in the midst of this kind of ceremony that each of these men and women had played a small part in a story bigger than themselves. Each of their lives, those of soldiers who lost their lives in service, those who made it home, each of them tell a story of who our country is, a story of service of honor, a story of duty that none of them could tell on their own. I hope tomorrow that each of us will take some time to remember why for some it's a three-day weekend. To remember those men and women who didn't make it home to tuck their children into bed, who didn't make it home to hug their spouses or their parents, those who didn't get to live to see today like we have. I hope that we take a moment and honor them. But as I was thinking on that article, and on how he wrote about how each of their lives had played a small part in telling a bigger story. I realize that the same is said of us, or should be said of us as Christians, that each and every one of us, from newborns to those over 100, each of us, tell a story as Christians that is so much bigger than us as individuals, that's so much bigger than us as St. Matthew's, that's so much bigger than us as the United Methodist Church or even the Church Universal today. 
together, we have been invited to tell a story that's so much bigger than any of us. That we have been called to be faithful witnesses of the story. Today, in the church calendar, we call it Ascension of the Lord's Sunday, where we remember that Jesus died and he rose again. And after spending time with his disciples, that he ascended into heaven. That this scripture, that this moment was a reaffirmation for his disciples that Jesus wasn't just anyone, that that he truly was Lord as they watched him be raised into the heavens where he sits at the right hand of God until he returns in final glory. And typically on this Sunday, churches read the Great Commission, the sending out into all the world to make disciples, baptizing them and teaching them to obey everything that Jesus has taught us. But the Gospel of Luke is different because it doesn't really have the explicit instruction of what the disciples are to do. The disciples just see Jesus being raised up as he tells them about how he has fulfilled scripture. And he talks to them of of preaching about repentance and forgiveness. But what I kept coming back to in today's passage was when Jesus told them, you are my witnesses. You are my witnesses. I realized that what I remember that we are God's only witnesses on this earth. So our lives are important. The the stories that our lives tell, they have to mean something. But something that we always have to remember because in today's text, we come to the end of Luke, is that Luke is always meant to be followed by Acts. Two books we, for some reason, separated. Always meant to be read together. Because in Acts, we see what the disciples did after their Lord ascended to heaven. We see how they chose to be faithful witnesses to the life and death and resurrection and lordship of Jesus. As Jennifer said to the kids, we're it now. The Spirit, Jesus, they've tagged us to be it. We have been entrusted with a story that we cannot keep to ourselves. A story 
that began in the beginning and goes on into eternity. Story of a God who didn't settle for just creating an extravagant universe, but of a God who created human beings in his image, not just to pass the time, not just to have playthings to mess with, but God created us and continues to create us out of a deep longing deep longing to be in relationship with us, to know us and for us to know him. And yet in the face of this goodness, in the face of this love, time and time again, we have turned our backs on God. We have openly sinned. We have chosen to go to God when it suits us. And yet, in the face of this unfaithfulness, God kept telling his people, I have a plan for you. I have a plan to redeem you. I have a plan to save you. Turn back to me. Be faithful once again. And generations pass down this promise. I'm sure at some point they began to lose hope. They began to think that God had stopped speaking. Something that can happen in each of our lives where we wonder if God is still speaking. But then God did something that no one would have thought would be his plan. That even us today don't understand Why? Why God would choose to enter time, why God would choose to take on flesh, why Jesus would come, except to show us the links that our God will go to to bring his children home. Jesus came and sought out the last, the lost, the least he had. He healed the sick. He fed the hungry. He gave hope to those who had none. And when the time came, he offered up his life so that we could receive life, so that we could receive forgiveness, so that we could receive grace. Grace that covers those who beat him. Grace that covers those who spit on him. Grace that covers the one who betrayed him. Grace that covers us and reminds us that sins will never define us. But grace that covers us and reminds us that when we choose to live into God's name, that we have the power to not sin. Grace that can transform and change everything. Grace that we have to share with others. If we choose to remember 
that yes, we play a small part in a much bigger story, but each of our parts is significant because in each of our lives, God has laid a story. God has laid a message that belongs to us. Something for us to share. Each of us, each of us has the chance to be faithful, to be a witness, a witness to a faithful God, no matter how unfaithful we may be. A witness to a world that is so broken world that needs to know the truth of a God who lives, who is not distant. A world hungry to know that God has come and that we are able to receive grace and mercy and life, that we are able to live a godly life, a holy life in this world. Because in a world where young boys like Kingston Frazier are murdered, in a world where bombs go off at concerts or buses, this is a world crying out for truth. This is a world crying out for witnesses. The question is, will we be faithful to Jesus calling us his only witnesses? Will we share? Will we share who God has been in our lives and invite others to claim their small part of a story needing to be told, a story needing to overtake this world until our Savior returns. Will we be faithful? Will we share our story? And will we invite others to do the same? Let us pray. Lord, in this time and in this space, we come to you just afraid at times to share who you are, to be your witnesses. But Lord, help us to remember that sharing who you are is just about living every day in the knowledge that you are Lord, that you are King. It's about remembering to claim who you have been in our lives, what you have done for generations, how you have been faithful. Help us to share your story and to not be ashamed of it until the whole world knows, Lord. Use us. Empower us. Make us bold for your kingdom for your glory so that change comes so that your 